support for Why Is That Important is 100% provided by you. We are blown away by the hundreds of downloads we've gathered over our first season, and we are super grateful to have the opportunity to host a second season. And even though submitting a podcast is free, there's a lot of other little expenses here and there, and that's where you come in. Even just a dollar a month goes a long way in making this podcast better. So, if you love this podcast and want to put some money behind it, go to patreon.com slash W-I-T-I, or you can click in the show notes. Uh, once again, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash W-I-T-I. We really appreciate it. And thanks for being a great listener. All right. I am recording. All right. I'll do the intro. Go for it. Hey there, and welcome to Why Is That Important, where regular people come for interesting ideas and perhaps a little debate. I'm your host, Joe Wanger, and I'm here with my co-host, Andrew Martin. Hey, everyone. And uh, today, we are actually at ProFest 2017. With (laughs) lots of other co-hosts, slash good friends, slash brothers, as well as, not only is this ProFest, this is Eclipse Fest. (laughs) <laughs> Since this is the day, currently the day before the Great American Eclipse in August 2017. So if you're listening to this far in the future, Wikipedia hit, it's pretty awesome. <laughs> we don't know what's going to happen. so We might have all died. Yeah. So <laughs> it, 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 yeah, this might be a time capsule. No, no one knows at this point. <laughs> uh, anyway, with that being said, Joe and I are going to do an interview of uh, four really, really good friends and brothers, including Nathaniel. Say hi, Nathaniel. Hi, how's it going? Jonathan. Hey, everybody. Philip. What's up? And Dave. Howdy ho. <laughs> so, if you can try and keep their voices straight, uh, that'd be fantastic. But if Dave's you can, low one. Yeah, Dave's the one that speaks the lowest. You'll have to figure the rest out. Uh, anyway. This is also the first time we've ever done a podcast together in person. So, yes, it's live. This is a momentous occasion. Well, and, all of the podcasts have been live. How else do you do it? Yeah, we do it live. We just yeah. never, we're never in the same room. <laughs> They're always recorded live. Yeah. Well, and this is this is the least studio <laughs> quality ever. Yeah. yeah. So sorry for the sorry for the uh, equipment in the background. For the, time with golf. And we also birds. discovered that Tennessee people, when they go camping, like to drive around just for the fun of it, which is different than if you're from Pennsylvania. Um, no offense so to all our Tennessee you, listeners. Yeah, if you hear that, that's just what it is. But. I was actually thinking, if you want, maybe comment or uh, on like Facebook or something, maybe a camping tradition that you do that that maybe might seem weird to other people. I thought might, might be kind of interesting. But uh, without further ado, we are going to talk today about um, how we how do we decide to phrase it? The importance of male friendship after marriage. Okay. All right. So. Um, all the guys that are here, we've known most of them since we were, most of them since we were born, and we all most of us went to church together. And then we had this other guy, Dave, who joined in. So, I don't even He's know. A later, later addition to the group, but the, but an important addition. It was a volleyball addition. Oh, that's right. It was volleyball, wasn't it? We don't need to go into that. All right. So yeah. So we were just thinking, with this being this is actually the second time that we've all gotten together, gone camping, and just caught up and we're hoping to make this a, a regular thing in the years to come and so we wanted to talk about maybe it even, maybe we don't consider it important I think all of us traveling from Pennsylvania or Arkansas to Tennessee to do it seems like it's important to each of us but um, but why we feel like maintaining these friendships and relationships is is important and um, so and something that like we feel other people probably could benefit from and even though it seems natural to do that um, Takes work. when you're in high school and college, it becomes much more difficult uh, when you start, I don't know, want to say real world, if that's what you want to go with, when you're, uh, when you're in a position where you have to make decisions and you can only decide to interact with so many people or do so much at a time, you have to make time and space for these kind of relationships. And we believe, clearly, having spent a combined total, or will have, spent a combined total of more than 130 man hours driving or traveling just to get here and do this. So it's clearly important to us. How many man hours? Man hours. At least 130. <laughs> oh, because we combine all of us together. Well, yeah, the five of us in the car for 26 hours and change. And believe us when we say we put the man in man hours. Yeah, my van stinks. 
Yeah. <laughs> need a Debbie's going to love it when we get home. <laughs> so. All right, so let's let's open it up to the floor. Feel free to di- discuss. Like, what's the reason for you that when we decided to schedule this, you said, you know, I want to make this, I want to make this happen. Why is this a priority? Nobody talk all at once. Well, what's the alternative? So the alternative would be letting being stuck at home with your wife, letting relationships languish. Okay. Um, Distance growing in relationships. Putting that energy into other relationships. Um, true, but when you're starting from square one with every new relationship, what what's the reason for keeping that new relationship going? What's the re- reason for keeping any relationship going? Um, so relationships take care and maintenance, and they're also a lot of fun. That makes sense. I I think there's something special about well relationships that span multiple time periods in life. I think we've all had those friends, like that college friend that I have really have no idea other than Facebook what they're up to anymore, or you know this person we really hung out a lot in elementary school or hung out a lot in high school or something, but now I never see them. Um, but these these relationships and friendships have endured multiple phases in life and now that we're all married they're even enduring maybe I shouldn't say even that might sound wrong and they're also enduring enduring like, like we're making it work Certainly. we're enduring <laughs> well I mean I think there's some truth to that because there's a lot of relationships I don't have anymore um, but they are surviving and enduring through uh, you know we have increased social responsibilities um, we have increased family responsibilities as what four of us are dads at this point yeah yeah um, and so, and the other two are about to get dogs, so we'll see. Sort of. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, sort of, Dad. So one of the things that I always wonder about when we get together, when this group of guys gets together, or some subset, is I wonder how much the rest of you have talked to each other since we were last together. And sometimes I, I have this feeling like, oh, I, I'll bet I'm the one who hasn't talked to anybody. Um, but there was a period of time when after I had sort of moved away and, and started working uh, up near State College that I, I just kind of assumed that the rest of the group had, the, the band had stayed together, right? And then yeah. we got together a couple years later and I felt like I must be the outsider coming back home and everybody else was like, oh man, we haven't seen each other since, you know, fill in the blank. So that really kind of drove home to me the point that we really can pick up where we left yeah. off and that to me reinforces and also gives more of a reason again each time why more of an incentive to get back together because I know we're going to pick right up I know we're going to understand each other we're going to learn things about ourselves because we're back with this group Mm -hmm. Um, so to me that's a big reason why I came like I just I know what it's going to feel like and I know where we're going to pick up I just don't know what the new learning and the new fun is going to be you know yeah that's a good point yeah I mean, even though, I mean, I hang out with Phil a lot, Andrew and I do a podcast, but the other three of you guys, there's just different moments, you know, where we might catch up a little bit here or there or something, but it's it's pretty few and far between, but it's been phenomenal just just talking and catching up and just hearing what's going on in your life and the things you're working through and struggling with, and I think we were even, I was just thinking, on the van ride down, we had a ton of conversations where it was just kind of like, well, like, what do you do? in your marriage or with your kids or your life or this thing your job yeah and it goes i mean for me it's it's good in one sense to know that like not everybody else's life is perfect and you've just got everything figured out (laughs) not everybody else's life is perfect (laughs) (laughs) what are you saying joe (laughs) not what i meant (laughs) no one's life is perfect (laughs) except mine no it's just it was just nice (laughs) that uh that you know that that people are struggling with maybe we may be struggling with different things but we can also aid in that. Like, my strengths can be somebody else's weakness, and my weakness can be somebody else's strength. And that's a way that friends can come in that coworkers can't, and that our wives can't. Yeah. And that uh, we say, why is it important for guys to have male friendships? 
if we were to have the conversations we're having with women who are not our wives, that would certainly not be appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> and probably lead to things that shouldn't, yeah. <laughs> shouldn't be. And so, uh, she's terrible. You need to get rid of her. things that we, we have had conversations with our wives often, um, but having another, you know, the abundance of counsel idea that having more people talking to it is better, but we can't have those kinds of relationships with people we work with. Um, and sometimes also get fired. Uh, <laughs> well, you just won't get work done sometimes. Well, okay. People we go to church with. I think right now is actually the first time that all six of us are going to different churches. Well, that's interesting. Oh yeah, that's true. That's a good point. I can say that it's a little different. So we don't. Yeah. We've, we have significantly different experiences. Besides the five of us going to one church and the one of us going to a different one, now we all like, huh, yeah, scared of the four winds. That's a great observation. Um, so, for the person who's like sitting there that doesn't have these types of of friendships, do you think it's possible for somebody to? To like either reestablish something they had in the past, or or start something new. Like, do you think it would be different, the same? Like, I don't know. I'm just kind of curious. I was thinking about that distinction um, with us being old friends. We've kind of, I think, focused on the value of keeping old male friendships since we're talking about the sense of friendships with other men and when but at the same time we weren't friends since childhood with the dynamics within this group I and Dave he came kind of into this group later and especially for me I didn't really get to know him until after high school I believe mm-hmm. and that's similar for me as well I would agree with that I didn't get to know Dave till after high school yeah and then I mean he ended up being in my wedding um you know so it says something to the amount i think one thing the um, how close you can get to someone not seeing them consistently like you do when you're younger seeing them in high school or if you go to church with someone every week but someone you see even a couple times a year the relationship that you can develop with them um but uh I heard a statistic, and I have no idea if it's true or not, but I did hear it. Um, that the We're friends, embarrassed by statistics on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. the, the friends you have, the friends you keep five years after high school or college, if they're still friends, they will be friends. The vast majority will be friends through life. I've heard something somewhere, yeah. And it's like, well, that certainly seems true in my case. The people that I haven't talked to since high school, I have not I'm really don't think I'm ever going to reconnect with and see I may see them but I'm not going to reconnect with them as friends again but I know in my experience bringing it back around to what you had asked about new if we don't have this kind of friendship already with someone making new friends I know that that's personally something that I've been wondering about how do I how do I get this kind of kinship with guys that I don't have the history with and I'm sorry I don't really have an answer for you but uh, I do think that it is something that uh, anyone listening to this topic can relate to how do I how do I now go where to a new place of work or new location or uh, new church or whatever your circles are and develop deep friendships with other men I actually googled how comes I have I can't make friends now that I'm an adult or something along those lines. <laughs> and I was surprised how many articles were written that was basically like, Yep, you're an adult, you have a job, you know, you're doing all the adult things and you realize you really have no friends. <laughs> you have people you see, you have acquaintances, you have some there are some people, you know, you might go have drinks with after work or something, but you don't have somebody you sit down with and you're like, This is what's happening in my life and I was like, There's some truth to that. <laughs> And I think it's, for whatever reason, I don't know if it's an American culture thing, I don't know if it's an age thing, I don't know if it's a generational thing, but there's a certain difficulty. Well, we we also live in a time where all of your relationships that existed in and, in and around 2005 were frozen in social media. Yeah. 
And so the um, I think established established relationships. Yeah, and so. Um, I lived in... Now, let's be clear. Mine took at least three years for me to fake an email address and get onto Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> True. Uh, I mean, I kind of picked an arbitrary year. And, yeah, I know. You know, I was just sure. What about MySpace? You were on that a lot earlier. That's true. So, um, sorry. So, they were frozen in... I, I, lived in I lived in Denver, uh, Colorado, for five years. And there were a lot of people there who had moved to Denver from all over the country. And because they had all moved there and still had this lifeline of social media connections to their high school and college friends, the the openness to new friendship just wasn't there to the same extent. Mm. Um, and so there was definitely social hanging out and acquaintances, but I certainly didn't see deep friendships form um, with the people I interacted with personally or among other people I knew. Uh, and And so I think there's something about having this we we want this connection to our old friends and social media kind of gives us to it kind of gives it to us especially if we've been geographically displaced or separated <laughs> gasoline on the fire next door not us <laughs> the neighbors are experimenting with uh, substances flammability and oxygen that's fantastic so do you feel like it, it's um so you think it, it's generally accepted that people want those types of relationships, yeah. but maybe don't necessarily know how to get to there, or like it's just like too awkward of a thing. Well, so, like well, I'm saying, let's say if it, it was a hundred years previous, mm-hmm. and I had moved to Denver, and the only way of staying in touch with old friends was writing letters, um, or maybe a telegraph. I'd probably put a lot more work into making new friendships and relationships in Denver. Okay, so social media is actually kind of like like stunting. It's just added another layer of instant communication. I mean, we had telephones for decades, obviously. It's nothing new, really, but it's just taken it to another level where I I can look at pictures on social media and feel involved in these people's lives and feel a sort of vague connection to them. And, in, and I'm doing that instead of investing in new relationships. So everyone's looking at their phones instead of becoming friends with the person next to them. Um, and th- that's not a criticism of the phone or of the technology at all. It's just, on the one hand, we have this desire to stay connected to our old friends, mm-hmm. but we're not willing as much anymore to take the relational risk to form new friendships. Yeah, and I think it can happen, if I can jump in, just just by responding to what is comforting at a given time as well. Like, I, I was just thinking the other day about right after I moved to Minnesota in 2009, I, I moved out there quickly and without a, a huge plan in place. And I got there and I just felt lonely and in the wrong spot. And I remember sitting in a parking lot somewhere, you know, you know running an errand or something, and I got this text from Nathaniel, and we were going back and forth, and I was telling him how lonely I was feeling, and I, I probably wasn't actually saying it in such a vulnerable way, but I was <laughs> I was clinging for dear life to this text message thread with Nathaniel, and he said something like, oh, don't worry, you're only three irrelevant states away. Actually, how many is it? Maybe five. It's five. Not, not, not all that many. Yeah, no, you're, you're four irrelevant states away, or something like that. Yeah. And that simple, kind of witty line in the moment, it was just so comforting to to have that um, so I was very much like I, I could have embraced the discomfort right and been like I'm going to go out someplace I'm going to meet people or I'm going to find something to do with my time but instead I was hanging on to that friendship back home which which is great yeah <laughs> um, but it's a trade off so the thing we use to stay connected with old friends is actually uh, providing more hindrance to building new or at least potentially 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 yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't I certainly don't think that's the only thing preventing that because I I think as many other people around this table are aware I'm not really active or you know regular participant on social media people have tried to get a hold of me via Facebook you (laughs) and uh, I'm not really available so I don't feel like that's preventing me from making new relationships but you know I maybe it's I think it's different for different people too I think that's one of many potential things that are, you know, becoming a hindrance. But I do think it's it's one that's new. It's certainly new. 
And out of all of us, I think you are actually the most adept at meeting new people and establishing new connections. Because just from what I, over the years, you, as you've gotten involved in things, you actually get involved in them and end up, whether it's in church taking, you know, responsibility for leading this or that and, um, you know, you branch out that way and, you know, eventually found your wife by branching out and meeting new people that way. So I would, I actually think you're an example of how it can, limiting your social media footprint um, can actually encourage you to move, meet new people. Interesting. I wouldn't have thought that, but I appreciate it. So what he's saying is, any friends that you don't have is completely your fault and not the social media. <laughs> I think that's the interpretation, right? <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's an interpretation. I don't know the interpretation. Oh, okay. All right. I know the high school and college are easy places to make new friends because you're forced to be with people in a lot of unstructured time. Mm-hmm. So you're consistently, consistently around people, and you have things in common, um, but mostly you, you have a lot of unstructured time. And the friendships I've built with people after college um, have been in the same way, where I've been forced, even even if it's only a few weeks at a time, it, like there was one guy that I spent um, 10 days with, but we basically lived together for 10 days, and we're still friends. We've built a friendship since then, okay. but we had consistency uh, and a lot of unstructured time for 10 days. And we've, we've built a friendship since then. So you're saying goofing off is a good thing to, to create lifelong friends? Yeah, un- unstructured is an interesting way to put it. I think one of the defining characteristics of friends is that you have something, you have common interest. And maybe all six of us don't have the same common interest around the table, but we were kind of talking about it earlier today. There's a lot of overlap between us as individuals and everyone. We have overlap with everyone else at the table. Um, in some common interest and I think that's different from an acquaintance in in that with a friend you you want to um, do this activity or or, um, do something together and unstructured time I guess to tie it into what Philip was saying unstructured time is the platform for that to happen it doesn't happen in a work in most workplace settings um and it doesn't happen in our homes. It's a very formal thing to invite someone over to your house when you're only at an acquaintance level, like for dinner or something. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned, like, so at uh, the company I work for now, the the atmosphere used to be different where there was, people would work hard, but there'd be like this downtime, and there was also, like, there was like downtime inside of the work, and there was also, like, people would hang out after work, and so there's these guys who've known each other for 30 30 plus years and so there is that like friendship camaraderie that happened at work and those are the friends they have but now it's shifted so like companies have to be like super efficient can't like quote unquote waste money on unstructured time right unless you're Google and you can pay your employees 20% of their time to be towards their own project right like that kind of stuff there's only one Google so but but I mean it's interesting how that has changed and so the friendships that that could exist in the past don't now because we don't we don't do that. We're 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 people who work together. We're not people who are potentially be friends. One of my coworkers, whenever somebody would call him a friend, would say, "Hey, hey, hey! Don't be busting out the f word." <laughs> and people would really react to that. What? Who said what? He called me a friend. We're coworkers. <laughs> and once once you quit though, if you if you quit working in that place, you'd be like, "Now we can be friends." <laughs> It was really interesting that he made a delineation between what he thought a friend looked like and what he thought a coworker was supposed to look like. And I think there really was some serious overlap, but it was still, you know, something he thought. So I guess, like, I wonder, I was just thinking, too, do you feel like people who are, like, outside of the church or, like, a Christian context can, can like, forge these similar types of things? Like, is it just a human thing? Is it a... Or do we have, like, the benefit of being, you know, all Christians and having that in common? I guess, how much does that play into it, do you think? Both. Yeah, so your your follow-up question is probably better worded. I do think that for someone who is a Christian, um, 
being a Christian is in some very important ways the most important thing about us. And so if friendship is common interest, we would have a great starting place for friendships, even with people who in other ways are uncommon like us. But friendship is not a, friendship is a human thing. And uh, there's plenty of people who experience the same things we experience and, and have, uh, have built really good friendships. Mm. Um, I do think Christianity modifies friendship. Everyone can form friendship, I think. But Christianity changes it in a few ways. And one is when there's conflict and hurt, there's a established pathway for forgiveness and reconciliation. Um, and so uh, I think that's one benefit for maintaining. You don't, you, you're not allowed to just burn a bridge with someone and walk away and call that good. Um, I don't believe in, in, according to most versions of Christian faith. Yeah. Um, you need to forgive that person from your heart. And so there's, it's always about building that bridge, building that relationship back up, if given the opportunity. Um, and reconciliation takes two people, but forgiveness only takes one. Um, and so I think that's, that's one advantage that Christian friendship has. Um, but yeah, certainly friendship's universal. I would say the other thing friendship, Christian friendship does that other friendship doesn't um, I, I think a lot of, if I can say, secular friendships, um, there's a sense of what can I get out of it. There's a quid pro quo sometimes. That both people are, they're getting some benefit from the friendship, where Christian friendships don't always require that. In fact, there's a requirement to be giving something in the friendship in a lot of ways. Um, and I, I think that creates a space where your friends are not, you might be friends with somebody because they're a Christian, in essence, that you wouldn't be a friend friends with if it weren't for Christianity. So you're capable of being friends with people who are otherwise in no way similar or familiar or something would draw you together, but you're both Christians. And you can say, you know what? Like, like Jesus says, you know, the least of, whoever gives a cup of cold water to the least of these, you know, in my name or however exactly he says that, um, at least one way I can read that is that um, even when there's you have no similarity, you have no reason to be nice to somebody but you know they're a Christian and you're a Christian kind of thing there's an instant bond there no matter how dissimilar they may be and I don't think that's true in, in non-Christian circles if they're incredibly dissimilar they become a them so easily at least that's my opinion that makes sense Phil, so you look like you met kind of disagreed in the beginning but when, as you kind of flush it out yeah yeah okay alright any other thoughts about why bros bros matter after college I think it can provide a sense of I mean we've already touched on a little bit how it's great especially in this kind of setting but it doesn't have to be a dedicated retreat away from everything like this but a chance to just get with somebody else another man that you trust and just talk about um hey man he's, how like, much your wives are pissing us off i mean uh <laughs> <laughs> it, making well, our lives what, amazing, amazing. <laughs> how awesome our wives are i love you honey <laughs> um Yes, those things and how awesome they are, but also the times when things aren't quite so awesome. Um, I think that's realistically more what we need to talk about. And uh, I think, um, you know, if you're someone who does struggle to form new friendships, whether it's um, really getting to know your co-workers to the point where it could be a friendship or... Um, people at church to the point where it's something other than once a week when you see them, you know, when you're supposed to see them. Um, I think that um, if it's a if it's a struggle for you, I'm sorry, I lost my train of thought and I, where I was going with that. I had a good point, but um, I lost it. Um, <laughs> my hands. <laughs> Um, this is a great thing about friends is that we can 
laugh at each other and, and then devolve into inside jokes. Yes. On the <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say no one gets hurt, but I was I was kind of looking for, to John for affirmation that he wasn't hurt by. Did <laughs> 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 you get nothing? <laughs> he's like he's like weeping inside. Thank God. Um, all right, cool. I mean, any other thoughts? I, I don't want to. I don't want to drag this out, but. Yeah, I, th- I think that one of the aspects of friendship is giving counsel to each other. Yeah. That you, you're trusting someone. Uh, you can enjoy things together, but you also have a, a trusting relationship where you're able to give and receive counsel in a way that you couldn't from a superior. Like, we're, we're yeah. peers. Yeah. Um, no, one, no one is in authority over anyone else. No one is pastoring someone. Um, no one is anyone else's boss. Right. I think really, and that would kill the friendship relationship. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and so, um, and I would work for any one of you guys if, if there's a position open. For or with? I would work for some of you guys. <laughs> you, would, you would, you would, allow us to work for you at any point. I, I, I don't know that I'd hire you in my field. <laughs> I wouldn't hire you. He can clean floors. But um, I think uh, council. There, there's things that. I mean, we touched on this earlier that uh, our wives might be saying to us, but we can't hear, and we need to hear it from a guy who we trust. Mm. Yeah, I was just thinking, I mean, to clarify, um, most, if not all, of the conversation has been uh, in a very positive direction of, like, here's how our relationship works, here's how I recognize that it doesn't work, I don't know how to fix that. What let's, would you guys let's, do? Let's, let, how does this work for you guys? Yeah. I don't know that anybody's been like, I'm so pissed off in my life. And grr, grr. Yeah, I wouldn't so. characterize it as bashing. I would yeah. characterize it as interested <laughs> comparison. I, did, I feel obligated because of all the shaking of the head when I made the comment as a joke <laughs> that uh, to clarify that. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it, to, for me, yeah, like I said earlier, it's, it, it's great to be able to just, even just see perspectives outside of your own um, on an issue that like we all have to deal with similar things you know we all have this other person in our lives that we're committed to until we die and we all we know that our wives have different personalities than us and how do we also know who we are and how flawed we are and how does all that come and mush together and become a marriage and then you know some of us have the opportunity to say how does that work with kids then how do you how do you resolve conflict in front of in front or not in front of children do you do you know what are the things that you would do differently than your parents did, and why? You know that kind of stuff. So, but yeah, it's 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 good. Can I, if I could have one more thing, sure. and you guys can edit this out later if you want. Nope, no editing. Um, <laughs> running it straight. Um, when we were talking about sort of what builds these friendships earlier, um, I'm glad that trust came out because I, I've been thinking about that a lot. You're talking about how we've built friendships through high school and through college and through um, childhood together. And as we were kind of making that list, I was going, I didn't, I didn't really, I wasn't really alongside you guys during any of those things, um, the spaces between college semesters and things. But um, I, I struggle to describe you guys to people elsewhere in my life. Like, oh, I'm going to spend a week with my... And I always want to say high school friends, Dudes. but you guys are, all but one of you, I went to high school with you guys, but we weren't friends in high school. We weren't that close anyway. Yeah. We may have been in some of the same activities like we talked about. You weren't in the same grade as any of us. But I wasn't, yeah, I wasn't in your grades and... Really far apart in age from you. Yeah, yeah, in the high school. That's true, you guys yeah, were really. That's true. Um, and now so, you're kindred spirits. So, yeah, it's just we interesting because we, we didn't, um, <laughs> we didn't, we didn't, have that time where we were crammed together in that space for a purpose like we were talking about before um, until later on and that was just summer volleyball which is closer to unstructured time <laughs> um, yeah that's true. So, that's very true so for me it was like it was more that I met you guys and something clicked and I trusted you all so much and I went I need these guys in my life like I I there, I mean, to put it bluntly, there are people that we meet and we spend a lot of time with, and we go, I don't really care whether or not I see that person again. Like, that, that's a cold way to put it. But with you guys, you know, that's the example of I didn't spend the previous two decades with you, but 
I met you and I want I don't want to let go of any of these guys. Yeah. You know, I, I well, need you guys. Know it's that. weird. I mean, when you spell it out, that's all right, but it doesn't. It doesn't feel like you got here any more recently than yeah, anyone else. Yeah, I would agree That's what's that. really strange oh, yeah. about it. Oh, yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that, but yeah. that's that's crazy to me. Come on, man. I... We were partners in sex ed. <laughs> I mean, on a project, that is. <laughs> yeah, that needs uh, to be clarified. I don't think Dave remembers that, though. Are going to dredge that up? My 11th grade foray into 9th grade. <laughs> <laughs> I you better know the answer to this one. It was really awkward for me as a 9th grader with this 11th grader there as my, as my uh, what were we doing? I think it was drugs. I have no idea what we were talking we about. Had, we had, we were, all he of repressed all of we his were, slime. Yeah, we were some projects. He was like, wait, high school happened? That was a thing? <laughs> so that was like that was the extent of our relationship. It was basically non-existent. We were forced together. I feel for like a there's a much longer, a much longer conversation to happen about this later on tonight. Now, but, <laughs> yeah. but that's so interesting because I feel yeah. I still sometimes feel like an outsider. We didn't trust each other in the way that we do now before about the time that you came in. That's yeah, a very good way of putting it. We weren't vulnerable oh, with each really other. Interesting. Andrew and I really didn't like each other. <laughs> we played a lot of college. We played a lot of games together. Yeah. We have we have common experiences, but we didn't have the level of bonding yeah. until hydrogen bonding. <laughs> yes. Oh man! <laughs> A high five, bro! You love really? it. <laughs> so I I would agree with the sentiment that Dave does not feel like a recent addition. Huh. Yeah. Doesn't really further. Do we want to? For interest's sake, define like the cross relationships within this group. Oh no, I think we we would run out of time. Yeah. But just to be clear, when they said we were talking about this earlier, we were Phil especially was working on a Venn diagram of how each one of us has what similarities is it that like that keeps us friends and how like each one of us brings out something different in each person. You should spell it out in a really practical yeah. way that you did. No, I won't yes. leave it big and no. and unclear. <laughs> <laughs> that would really bother certain members of this group. <laughs> so, if any one of us died and we had to recreate them from the other bits of our personalities, which bits of personalities would create the? Yeah. Yeah. What would the recipe be yeah. from oh, the rest from of us? Guys, yeah. yeah. And we learned in that process that uh, each of us brings out parts of others' personalities that the others don't necessarily bring out. Mm -hmm. Um, Andrew can make me do much more dangerous and take unambig unambiguous, no, ambiguous, ambiguous risks. risks. <laughs> <laughs> no one else can make me do yeah. But Andrew can also bring primal manliness out of Dave. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's in the podcast now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Guns and engines, right? Yeah. Guns and engines. And ninth grade sex. You're going to make me enroll for that. I, that was because I took too many music classes and skipped <laughs> really? Is that what it was? Yeah. That's, that's awesome. Uh, high school. <laughs> yeah, that's that's cool. So, maybe like to finish things off in like a minute or less. Think of your favorite camping memory from any time. It doesn't have to be when we were all together, but any camping memory in a minute or less. That's like it just sticks out to you. I'll I'll start so that way you guys can kind of be thinking. Um, and it's, we don't. We prefer not to have to put the explicit tag on this in case I see some smiles. <laughs> um, so, one of one of the memories that sticks out for me was we uh, we were on a, a church trip, and it was it was uh, kind of like um, for those that wouldn't wouldn't know what GUB is, uh, it was like Boy Scouts. Type church thing. Boy Scouts. Yeah. So we were playing poker to see who would have to wash dishes and whoever won like wouldn't have to do it or some 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 form of of gambling for chores and we were caught and then i think all of us had to do that it was also the year that i was forced to eat lima beans seat succotash and those are the worst things ever so that one that one sticks out is it was also the year that we played capture the flag and i think and i got I, I was running away and fell and got a thorn stuck in my butt and that was not that was not pleasant either. <laughs> it was a very eventful year. <laughs> um, this is this is marginally camping related. Okay. This same group of guys, we we did for a summer a Bible study together. That's right. Um, 
and uh, another friend was involved as well. And there was a lot of like, at the time, kind of where we were maturity-wise, there was a lot of argument and like, kind of bashing each other a little bit. Um, but it was a good time, and I think it helped bring us to where we are now. But one of the things that came out of this was this um, missions trip, uh, which turned out to be this like crazy collection of people uh, that were like <laughs> loosely affiliated. Yeah. So sad I missed this one. <laughs> um, but for me, in in my memory of of sort of this bizarre web of relationships, this was like a pivotal moment where uh, Dave and I got a lot closer because we planned this trip together. And had never really like worked together on anything before, and and like had this. Uh, we had like an organizational chemistry, which I have with almost nobody because I'm horribly <laughs> really? organized. Yeah. Oh, yes. Man, I want to yeah. talk about that later too. <laughs> <laughs> um, Take advantage of that. <laughs> so this like trip came together. John ended up meeting his, his now wife on the yes, trip. Yes, I did. Dave ended up getting a new vocation out of it. Um, I've, yeah, I planned. Seven mission trips since then. Okay. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. um, and everyone met somebody new on that trip, um, and and so and it was like it was in um, Eastern Kentucky, and so you know we were in the uh, in the mountains, and so it's tangentially camping related. But I think about like that and sort of other moments along the way that um, sort of kept the relationships going, and it's not that. I mean, the individual relationships are key, but there's also this web of relationships that has to keep going. Mm -hmm. um, so that's what jumps out in my mind. All right. So nobody died. It's kind of what we're. <laughs> nobody. <laughs> this web of relationships has to keep going. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Nobody's allowed to die yet. John. <laughs> gotcha. That's really morbid, Joe. But thank you for that addition. Um. So. I think I've camped a lot and I have a lot of fun memories. I think the to pick one, I'll do I'll be specific with a time I went with Andrew. And it's actually the only time we've gone camping together. But we randomly had some time in the years sometime after high school and we're like, hey let's go pack back backpacking and camp a night on the trail somewhere. And we did. And we learned some things about camping on our own without our parents, because at this point we had, we had gone with like our dads for this church thing that Joe was talking about um, growing up, well, when we were young. And so that, that that was a really great time. It was my first time ever going camping with just a friend. And um, my first time cooking a pound of bacon on a jet boil on a, <laughs> on a, on a pan. Cooking the center two inches yes. of a pound of bacon on a jet boil. Yeah. And he never really made it out to the edges of the bacon. And that, that Raw was... on the edges, fried in the center. <laughs> yes, and that was and that was that trip. <laughs> and um, But yeah, that's one great memory I have camping. Uh, I met someone through Nathaniel that uh, one of Nathaniel's college roommates and classmates and he was hiking the Appalachian Trail one summer and I was uh, in my first year of work after college and uh, wanted to go meet him and hike with him for a weekend I thought it'd be fun uh, and I had a lot of disposable income because I just started a new job and so I went and bought a bunch of camping gear uh, and hiked like 27 miles on Appalachian Trail through a rough section of Virginia within in 100 degree heat. And it was on that trip that I actually learned that I don't really like camping. <laughs> <laughs> All of my fun memories from camping were because of the other people there. That made it easy? Well, not because they were doing the work. I mean, that may have helped. <laughs> I enjoy the relationships. Uh, and I don't okay. actually enjoy the process of camping. And the, the punchline for that whole trip was that he asked to asked me to bring food and he asked to bring like some of these dried meals or just add water things you can buy at any grocery store and some of them are potato flavor and he said like and six potatoes referring to these dry food packages and I brought him six raw potatoes <laughs> <laughs> so he was not quite sure what to do with them on the trail <laughs> and they're a little bit heavier than the, the dry food packets 
And so he had like a, a day of 30 miles of hiking to do. And I like handed him a bag of That's a bunch of calories though. <laughs> That's fantastic. Uh, one of my, one of the memories that sticks out to me, um, I, did you go to Algonquin? No, I did not. Yeah, none of the other guys were there for this, but I was uh, backpacking in Canada for a week, and I, uh, I took a hatchet that wasn't mine, I took a big knife that was mine, and managed to chop up enough small branches to take two canoes and lash them together into a pontoon platform canoe, and uh, we, we took a, a, a piece of a tent fly and made a sail out of it and we were sailing up and down the lake actually we were sailing down the lake and paddling like stupid idiots to get back because it was really hard to paddle my pontoon canoe into the wind <laughs> um, but then we had a diving platform and you could get you could get back on it because the canoes wouldn't roll um, and it, we could stack all the we stacked all the extra gear in the in the crossbars and we I had lashed it all together with a bunch of you know three inch saplings I had chopped down with a 15 inch hatchet which takes a lot of work I might add um, and that was it was just a lot of fun to build that and get that thing to where we're like making a wake wake clipping through the water with a you know a tent fly held across it so that was that was a lot of fun to build that and it was a good camping experience that's what we need to do tomorrow <laughs> all right so my stories typically take about 45 minutes, so I'll do my best to make this like one or two. Um, <laughs> growing up, I went to a camp called Gretna Glen for church camp, and this is not going to be a, a, a camp story that involves anybody else on this table, but um, one night, one of the summers I was there as like a teenager, um, an older youth camp, we were staying back in this in this meadow they had these sort of lean-to shelters they had a piece of fabric over the front they called them adirondack shelters and uh there's this meadow out in the middle uh next to where where these shelters were and one night uh, a few of us decided we were going to sleep out in the middle of the field and i guess they they didn't mind because we were you know, supposed to be learning about uh, how to handle ourselves camping and be independent and whatever so a few of us just dragged our sleeping bags out into the middle of the field and we settled down to sleep for the night, and, uh, and everything was fine. In the middle of the night, sometimes, no idea what time, um, I wake up, and I'm not quite sure where I am at first, and I'm freezing cold, and there's nobody around me, and suddenly I realize that I'm soaking wet, and it's just pouring rain on me. And I look around, and there's nobody else in sight. Uh, apparently I was the heaviest sleeper and everyone else woke up when it started to rain and just hightailed it back to the shelter. And I have no idea how long I was sleeping in the pouring rain by myself. I, I guess we can give them the benefit of the doubt and assume that they assumed that I woke up too. And, or drowned and it wasn't the point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, so, Dave's not up we'll by now. We'll go in the morning. Exactly. Let's exactly. we'll go see what's left in the morning. So I dragged my sleeping bag back to the shelter and spent a very, very cold remainder of that night on my bunk in my sopping sleeping bag. Mm. Stayed home, man. That was, oh, it was memorable. I've, I've done that for all the wrong reasons. Yes. Remember that? Well, anyway. All right, man, man. That's... All right, we well, love camping. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, We're good at it. I mean, I, just, if I don't like Andrew-type camping. I like this kind of camping. Just enough roughing, with, but not fully, like, glamping. <laughs> but we've got a Wi-Fi hotspot. But we do. Have, yeah. we, we did have to use Wi-Fi, and we're recording a podcast <laughs> with electric. And you have a box of Nutty Buddies in front of you. Oh, not anymore. Debbie <laughs> wasn't supposed to know box. about this. That's right, she doesn't listen to the podcast anyway. <laughs> little Debbie? Yeah, there are little Debbies, yes. All right, well, uh, hopefully by the time you listen to this, you have taken the opportunity to... Uh, enjoy the, the the solar eclipse and it was a lot of fun and memorable for you and not memorable from the standpoint of oh yeah that's the time i went blind but uh, i remember when that was that thing happened and it was pretty cool um so if uh again if you have any things any kind of traditions that you do that are maybe a little quirky or maybe are not quirky when you're wondering uh comment on uh the post here for this and we'd love to to chat with you about it 
Um, if you enjoy this podcast, take a moment to share it. You can always support us on Patreon, comment, all that fun podcasty stuff. And uh, we'll catch you next time.